I had the same experience. It was like a film I wish I had. So all the films I kind of looked to for inspiration to create this one were like heterosexual rom-coms, mm-hmm. um, like of the kind that I could watch with my mom, which is what I wanted this film to be, is something I could watch with my mom. Um, so that was like the main influence. But of course, like I have to mention the films like But I'm a Cheerleader and mm-hmm. stuff that really like were way ahead of their time. And it's just kind of devastating that like a film like that could come out, you know, in the 90s and then there'd be nothing for so long. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it was about filling a gap that I could see wasn't there. Yeah, and I also feel like, you know, I was going to mention But I'm a Cheerleader as well, and you mentioned the kind of dearth of queer films there, but there's also the ones that did come out seem to focus mostly on gay men and mm. uh, your film and others that are emerging now, like Ammonite and Portrait of a Lady on Fire, are focusing on mm. female stories and yours is yeah. an entirely female cast. Yes, female non-binary cast. Mm-hmm. So that was something, again, that was very important was that I think as we did as a kind of society and as like filmmakers started to become like looking at exploring those stories more and starting to feel, you know, more accepting and safer, there were more films coming out, but they were very male dominated. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like writing about queer men felt, you know, less scary than writing about queer women. Um, And, you know, Holding the Man obviously is a very famous Australian story and, Mm -hmm. you know, based on, on real events. But it's so charming and sweet and lovely. And it had been around for, you know, almost, I want to say, 20 years. That might be an exaggeration (laughs) around that time. And there was still, again, it was this thing of being like, look what we created back then. We can, and people really loved that story and embraced it. Yeah. And, you know, yet in this huge amount of time, no one's been like, oh, why don't we like look at telling stories like this about women? Like it always had to be, when it came to stories about women, like over-sexualized or you know, ends in death or, you know, it had so much shame around it. So it was, yeah, it was trying to really subvert those stereotypes. Mm. Something else that's at the heart of your film is the intergenerational relationships between these characters, whether they're family or otherwise. Uh, Was queer history an intentional through line in this story? Yes, definitely. It kind of felt really important to me to acknowledge like what I was trying to create with this, you know, positive queer story about a young queer person who can have a happy ending. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, but I couldn't tell that story without acknowledging the fact that, you know, people like Ellie and people like myself can have a really happy ending now, can have a really positive gay life mm-hmm. because of people that came first and people who didn't and people who had to fight for that. Um, So it was very important for me to acknowledge that part of it whilst, you know, also celebrating Ellie's story and Ellie's love. Mm. You you mentioned reflections of yourself in the film and it definitely felt like a personal story and there's a dedication to your gunkles at the end of the film. Did they influence (laughs) uh, how this story was told? Yeah, there's definitely... um, you know, elements of Tara that are, you know, my uncle. Mm-hmm. Um, my uncle was much less invasive in my life than as Tara is in Ellie's life. <laughs> but, um, you know, definitely the sense of someone who who went through a lot, who, you know, fought really hard. He, you know, had to live through the AIDS pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, he lost his partner to HIV. You know, all these things that I, like, have never 
even fathomed. You know, I think the first time I really felt like I was struggling, you know, with who I was, was during the same-sex marriage plebiscite. Like, Mm -hmm. that was the first time in my life that I felt, you know, the hatred and the attack and the anger and the fear and, you know, and how lucky I was to only feel it then. It's kind of like, you know, imagine what that would have been like to have lived the first half of your life like that. Yeah. You know, and... And then to finally find your community and find a place that you're safe and happy and then for everyone you love to die, you know, it just seems so awful and so unfair and I can't imagine what that's like. So I find that part to be really, um, and I feel inspiring is such a a patronizing way to look at it, but really, you know, I guess humbling. Um, Yeah, really important for self-reflection, I think. Yeah, I I think that comes through very clearly in the film. But something that struck me was while it does build on that history and what the younger generation is able to benefit from, the kids still have things to worry about and things to fight for. And some of these characters, you know, they're worried about their safety and and experiences of being outed. Yeah, I thought it was really important to also look at, like, while someone like Ellie can be really just out and proud and, Mm. you know, without a worry in the world, that that is potentially not going to be the same situation for everyone, even though Ellie's whole thing is like, you know, lots of people are gay now, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Um, And then you've got a character like Abby, who, while things might be, you know, so incredibly safe for Ellie, that doesn't necessarily mean they are for someone like Abby. And also, you know, kind of flipping that whole thing where, you know, Abby is this person who to Ellie seems so together and unattainable and cool. Mm. Um, you know, so he's quite flippant about Abby's feelings, like Ellie's more concerned about Ellie's feelings. Um, and so I just, you know, I, I love that kind of thing of um, Ellie having to learn about all of this from, from all directions. Mm-hmm. And one last thing I wanted to ask you before we part ways today, um, <laughs> one of my favourite moments of the film as well. Has anybody ever asked you if you prefer Katie Lang or Melissa Etheridge? um a lot of people have asked me since seeing the film Uh everyone's like but like which one is it like (laughs) Uh well it worked on me too (laughs) yeah um look it's a it's a tricky one you know i've got to say melissa etheridge i think Uh uh-huh yeah, icon. They're both icons. You can't go wrong. They're both icons. Like, <laughs> exactly. There is no wrong answer there. Absolutely not. 